Hey, Jim. <laughs> hey, Betty. <laughs> <laughs> no song, because you sang. I I've sang. sang. Yep. We both have sang a song. So yep. no song this week, but uh, we just figure it's going to be me and you just talking about construction. That's awesome. Let's just do a, a little mixed bag of construction. I know that you sent me a text about, let's talk about business. Let's talk about ma- managing. Let's talk about expectations. Let's talk about budgets. Let's talk about emotions. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about time and let's talk about what you actually called. And I thought it was really great. The renovation triangle. Oh, right. Where it's about time, price, quality. And guess what, folks? You could only have two. (laughs) Pick two of those three. We know that whole story. So that's what we're going to talk about on today's show. Uh, I'm just chilling here. The booze is out. Uh, I've had the pleasure of having some interesting... uh, What what are you... It's just a liqueur? Yeah, it's... Yeah. Outlaw tea liquor. (laughs) (laughs) Anyone who wants to try it, just reach out to me and I'll tell you what it's all about. And it will coat your throat in a very interesting way. Well, let's get right at it. So everyone knows that now I'm doing shows with Jim, which I'm really enjoying. And Jim, I think you're having lots of fun yeah, sharing no, this, this stuff. Yeah, this is good. This is good. So, you know, we do, we're trying to do this once a week. And we've had some compliments from listeners saying we're liking the, the gym shows, which is really good. And it's not that I'm ignoring Carlito. Carlito wants to do another show, and we're doing both shows. We're just trying to do more of it. But I, I, I keep forgetting to actually do follow Jim on Instagram at, at Jim Carrick. And don't forget to follow his company, right? Which is at Carrick Hall Construction. And then also the company website is www.carrickhall.com. Yeah, beautiful. Jim, let's get right into this whole... All right. Let's get right into this whole renovation triangle. Oh, okay. It doesn't sound... It sounds like the Bermuda Triangle. Is that what it is? Kind of. <laughs> but you made it out. <laughs> right. I did. <laughs> I've been stuck in there for a while. <laughs> a long, long time, right? Where do we where do we want to start? So it's always it's always the price. Well, it always is the price. I mean, it how many times have you sat across from a potential client and you put your budget or put your quote in front of them? They go right to the back page. Yeah. yeah they First do. thing. Like it's a race. I've been doing this so long now, I just stop them before they do it. I go. Wait a second. You're gonna look at that. You're gonna fall off your chair. I have to gonna you know have to put you back in your chair, and then we're gonna talk about how we got to that number. I think we should do that first. This is my thought on the whole thing. Once they see that number, their mind is made up. It's just ingrained in their thoughts. Yeah, but they don't consider the time and effort it took you to get to that number. Never. You didn't. Pick I shouldn't that say number. never. Some people actually do. But they don't look at like all that time and effort that you took to actually price it out. You spoke to all your subtrades. You looked at the drawings over and over. On average, Jim, when you're looking at a new build or even just a complete full gut remodel, how much time is given up? So, you know what? I mean, let's just look at, I'll just say a million bucks. A million dollar rental. A million dollar rental build or whatever. Uh, by the time we get to the client with their budget, you know what? We probably got 40, 50 hours in. I believe it sporadic right you're doing two three hours here then you're talking your trades and you're going hey come on you know drop it a little bit so we can get the job i mean there's all that then you got to study the drawings make sure you don't don't miss miss anything anything, right (laughs) and uh but yeah i mean it's you hear guys some guys say that oh i charge for my estimates good luck nobody's ever going to pay for one there's lots of guys that have said that that you should be charging for your estimates right i would love to but don't we charge for our estimates 
indirectly by getting the job and then we start doing the work and it's factored into our numbers. I guess if you, know, you want to. Technically yeah. speaking, technically, it is. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I know a lot of guys have said, you know, you should be charging for it. So what are you going to charge? You're going to charge a certain percentage. You're going to charge a thousand dollars. And all of a sudden they go, if you give me the job, I will discount that thousand dollars off to the right. job. Right. But does that really get you the job? Not always. Why do you, I know that we spoke with, uh, with one of your clients earlier on and, and he had a lot of positive things to say about why he chose you. And it, there is that number one comfort factor. So it's, it's like, I get the price thing, but all of a sudden don't, shouldn't the clients be understanding that I'm going to be in bed with these people, technically right. speaking, I should really get along with an individual that I want destroying my house and then rebuilding it. It ha that's the first thing I say to them. Look, you know, I'm with you six months, 12 months, whatever it's going to take to do your job. You're going to end up hating me somewhere along the line. Emotions. Emotions. And I usually, I usually, I think I figure it's after the three or four month, you know, you're in there and then things change. You just gave me an idea. I think for my next client, I'm going to change their ringtone to Aerosmith Sweet Emotion. <laughs> <laughs> So when they call, no, it's it's just so emotional, man. Like it's just how it is, right? Well, they're all gung ho at the beginning. Right? Yeah. Oh yeah, and especially if they're going to live in the place, which I would never do a job now. I did in my younger days. I do it because I, you know, do anything to get a job. Now I wouldn't. But when I did do it, you know, you go, you show up at seven thirty. There they are. You know, oh, good morning. You know, they got your little coffee and your donuts and this and that. Would you like some breakfast? Would you like some breakfast? <laughs> right. You know, that, that goes for about the first month and a half and then it's all over, right? I know. How can you stay upbeat as a homeowner when you come home to dust? You wake up in the dust. You go to put on your clothes and they're all covered dust. in dust. Like there's a film of dust everywhere. You're going to lose your mind. So but you try to educate your clients. You uh, try to, you really are a fortune teller. Because you've gone down this road. They haven't. They've only heard right. about it from other friends that have gone through it. But hearing about it and going through it, two different things. Right. And, and, and I've always said when I you know, went to these home shows and talked to everybody, I said, look, just under one, and you need to understand the reality of what's going to happen to you. You know, you can always sit there and say, oh, you know, Jim, we love you. This is great. This is going to be great. But you're not going to love me in a while. You're going to hate me. And these are the reasons why. I mean, once we're finished, most of the time you love me again. But, you know, getting there, you just listen to what I'm telling you. I've renovated my own home and I drove myself crazy. And so I know what I'm talking about. I've watched people go through it. It's just a reality check you're trying to give them before they fall into it. Because I think if you know you're, what's coming you'll be able to deal with it better. Sure, it's not going to be great. You're still going to be pissy, but at least you said, you know what? He told me so I can, like, just let me deal with it. I can work with it, right? But why don't, why don't the clients want to listen to you? Do, are they just trying to help, but they don't realize that they're... Why wouldn't you listen to the professional? We always listen to other professionals, other professions, when they speak to us about something to do. Yeah, that, they listen nothing to, to do with us. Doctors, your lawyers and your accountants, everybody else. We listen to them. We don't tell them what to do. I do joke with my doctor when I go there. I go, listen, I went onto the Google and I came across. I go, this is what I think it is. But he just looks at me and I'm like, yeah, I know that look. Because that's the look that I give my clients. Right. <laughs> no, for sure. For sure. I don't know why they don't. It's, um, I would say 
maybe 40% would actually listen to you. That little, huh? That's what I think, yeah. I remember you telling me a few weeks back, you were saying to me, and I, I totally resonated with me, where you were saying that 95% of the jobs go well. Yep. It's just that 5%, but I guess it's kind of like rubbernecking. Everybody just wants to see the car crash. Everybody just, so only people talk about the bad part of this industry. Right. But they keep forgetting that 95% of the jobs go really well. Really well. Go yeah. smooth. Clients are understanding. You kept them in the loop. You've given them a great product. Everything was deliverable. Everything stayed on budget or whatever. Everybody was aware, but everybody just harps on that 5%. It's like the saying goes, right? You can do a hundred jobs that are great and do one shitty job. It will kill you. And right. it could put you out of business. Could put you out of business for sure. So, so time, they, money, and emotion, man, does not mix. It doesn't. You have they have to understand that. But as much as you try to educate them in the beginning, are they listening or are they kind of glazed over deer in a headlight? Kind of, yeah, yeah, we get it, we get it. But in the back of our head, we're still seeing that number with all those zeros in it. Uh, in it. I mean, they're listening, but they're not taking it all in. I mean, it's the number. The numbers are. Right now, their mind is just, you know, looking at that, looking at, oh, my God, that's going to cost. How are we going to do this? They're not really listening to the, you know, the stuff they should listen to. Like, hey, this is what's going to happen. And even if you, you know, just take the budget, you know, they're looking at the tile budget and they go, you know, well, geez, you got $8 a square foot here. Yeah, that's what you can spend or $10, whatever we got. So if you do spend $25 a square foot, you do understand that there's a difference between the eight and the 25. It's not magic money. It's not magic. It's simple math. Yeah. Right. But a lot of them can't get they can't that, put that together. <laughs> right. They just can't. I don't I, like, uh, recently I had a client share my name and contact information to somebody else. And, and all of a sudden I got looped into an email and I said, listen, I could talk right now if you guys want to talk. So I got, called in right now, Zoom call right away, have a look at this house, we're considering this house, and the house is going for 1.7, and we're looking to do a rear addition, 15 feet, we want to do the main floor and the second floor, we want to fully gut the whole house, and we want to spend $300,000. So I said, it's never going to happen. I haven't looked at the drawings, based on what you've just told me, you're looking at a house that's probably a 1,000 square feet per floor, and you want to add an additional 15 feet of it on the back. You know, I just said, Gutting the house, you might be able to get away with 300000 Maybe. Maybe. Right? Or you do the addition, and that might cost you $300,000. Because now I said to him, new roof line, new foundation, all this other stuff. So now you got to deal with the whole building envelope, all this other I go, these are a lot of numbers. But they just looked at it like, well, here's our price. This is what we want to spend. And we're thinking we spend 300000 In the back of my head, whenever the clients are flipping through the pages and they're looking for that number... In the back of my head, I'm thinking, where did you get your $300,000 construction budget? Because, <laughs> Jim, you and every other contractor out there, we talk to the trades. Yeah. We talk to the suppliers. We know what things cost. We know what our overhead is. We know what things cost. So when we tally things up, it's not like we're playing ping pong and all of a sudden we're just taking a ball out and go, hey, pick a number. this is going to be a $300,000 winner. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. It's not. The number is what it is. This is what it costs. It, you can't get away from that. It, no. I, mean, I mean, everything I've told clients before, I said, look, if you're getting three prices, four prices, everything should be within 10, 15% of each other. It should. It should be. Some guys will charge 20. Some guys will do 10. Some guys will do 15. You know, some guys will come in really low and then hit you on the extras. You know, there's different ways of skinning the cat. 
No, I had a I had a client a long time ago, and they were actually on the show that, and and I can't believe they went on, went on the show and actually very truthful about everything. So, anyways, we we priced out this job, and same thing. They said, you know, well, we can do this for three hundred thousand. We ended up getting the drawings and everything else, and um, I came in at five sixty. Next guy was five eighty. And another guy was at 6.30. So we ended up getting the job because we were the lower guy. And I didn't know this at the time. So the producer took that, the couple away and, you know, started talking to him on camera. She just said to him, you know, are you all ready to do this and you're ready to go? And they said, no, we're both like scared shitless because we were told we could do it for 300000 By whom? And that's what she asked. She goes, by who? She goes, I, I don't know. We just had a, a contractor come in and just look at the house. But what did you ask him? Just said, what would it cost to renovate the house? Well, renovate what? The whole house? Part of the house? Add on? This, down, that? Now they said, oh, we don't even know how we're going to pay Jim. <laughs> but we're going to go through with it. So that's I, did, I did not know this. Because like I, I did like, you're just doing your job, and right. you got you got cameras rolling. Cameras are rolling, but that's how this thing was set up. I didn't always know what the producer was talking to the client about, mm, right? Okay. So, anyways, we you know we we obviously we got the job finished, but it didn't end well. And um, you know there was a at the end, you know they owed seventy grand, and well, actually owed a seventy seventy five thousand. He just said, "Well, I'm not." She said. I'm not going to, I'm not paying you. I said, all right. And she goes, and I don't want the cameras in. You can't come in and you can't shoot, do any final shots. <laughs> so I go, you know, so I look at Neil and I tell Neil, I go, dude, like, I don't know what we're going to do. Like, we're just a small outfit. We're, this is probably going to. That's your profit, if not more. It's, we're probably, this is probably going to end us. Like, yeah. we're going to go bankrupt. So he, you know, he obviously got all upset and, you know, I'm upset. So finally I just phoned, I phoned the owner and I said to him, I said, look, you got to cough this up, man. Like, and he goes, well, but if I, if I pay you, my wife will never talk to me again. I'm good with that. (laughs) So anyways, I said, look, okay, I'm not going to mention, I'm not going to say his name, but I just going to say, look, this is what I'm going to do. <clears throat> Number one, I'm gonna Neil and I are gonna walk up and down the street here and tell every neighbor what you're like and you haven't paid your contractor. You're moved into this beautiful house. It's great, it's finished, it's everything you wanted. And I said, then I'm gonna lean your house. Well, what does that mean? You're gonna lean your house, my house. I said, Well, you know, if you go to get a mortgage, you can't. If you go to get this, you can't. You go to sell your house, you can't. Oh, okay, okay, okay. He says, I'll pay you. Meet me downtown. And the house was downtown. But he worked for the he worked for the city, right? Okay. So he says, "Meet me behind City Hall." So there I am, you know. I go down there. I'm sitting in a pickup truck, look like I'm some friggin' drug dealer waiting to do a, a drop off. And he comes at City Hall. Know, that's behind City Hall. Well, you know what it's like back there, right? Yeah. It's pretty shady. And um, so he here he jumps in the car, jumps in the truck, and I'm looking at him, and he's all red and he's shaking, and I can. I can see the check in his hand, and I'm watching it shake all over the place. 
And it was for 70 grand, not 75. But I didn't care. I, as long as I got something, right? And as he hands it to me, he goes, you know, this, she's going to divorce me once she finds it out. So I reach over, grab the check out of his hand. I said, dude, this is the best money you've ever spent. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So you know what? And, and we got it. And the craziest thing about this whole thing, a year later, I'm sitting down with a client, new potential client, and she asked for references and everything else, gave her references. And I'm sitting at one end and they're sitting at the other end and they go, okay, Jim, well, I got your references here. They, you know, they, they look great. And I said, oh, okay, thanks. And she goes, um, but I have another reference from a good friend of ours. And I go, oh, who's that? And she mentions this their client. name. I was, I didn't, I didn't know what to say. It was completely just nothing to say. I folded up my, my day timer, got up. I said, well, it was very nice meeting you. <laughs> I know I'm not going to get the job after what they've said. And I go, no, 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 no. Sit, 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 sit down. So I sit down. I go, look, I know that job did not go well. And they go, look, we know them. We know what they're like. And at the end of the day, you know what they did say? They said, despite the difference between whatever, you know, our personalities and whatever it was, they said, Carrick did a fantastic job. Like, we can't say anything more that it was a great job. So it kind of... You guys delivered. We delivered, right? And that was the whole thing, that you, you brought your part of the deal, and so you just wanted them to hold up to their part of the right. deal. I didn't get paid everything. I was out maybe five grand, but in the long run, I made it back. Probably in an indirect way, they got me the job with these people. I was telling my guy that works with me, Julio, there, that um, someone's always watching. Someone's always paying attention. So just be careful what you're doing or how you're doing it or how you're representing yourself. Yeah. Because yeah. you're like, you were surprised that this client that you thought you'd never hear from again yeah. actually endorsed you to get another job. Right. You never know. So people are, are talking about time, price, and quality, and they always go to price, but they want that quality in the back of their head. Then it takes time. And it takes time. That's the thing. They don't understand that. And I'm not even going to get into the whole TV world thing like that. It's just not like moving a bus and all of a sudden this is done. It's done. It doesn't work that way. Right. Renovations takes months, takes years, depends on how you schedule everything, depends on who you work with, depends on who you bring to the table, depends on if, if husband and wife are on the same page because they may not be. I've had that situation where you're building two different homes on the same lot. And I, and I would say that's, Probably 75% of the time. A lot of the couples out there. Yeah. They want one thing to be their way, and, and but they have to give and take. You yeah. have to commit to certain things that are going to go through the whole house, right? No, for sure. For sure. They, ha they have to be on the same page. Or and that just makes it more difficult. for you. Yeah. Or for us, right? And then how do you feel about... I know how you feel about this. <laughs> how do you feel about when the clients come back at you and you've submitted your whole proposal, they signed off on it, it's all great, you've got all your numbers in there, and then they go, listen, Jim, I know these are your prices for this, but we've got a guy who can take care of that. Wondering if you could just let him take care of that and kind of work it into the scheduling. How do you feel about that? 
Uh, other than it being a can of worms. It's 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 not great. I mean, every situation is different. I mean, I would say I would never do it, but I'm doing it right now. I think we've all done it. Right. And we continue doing it. Yeah. Now, if this guy, if they said, okay, we got a guy that is going to do our plumbing. And I ask, is he a plumber? No, he's a computer operator. Well, then, no. (laughs) Sorry, it's not going to work. Number one, he's going to be there only on Saturdays. It's going to take him four Saturdays to do it. It's going to hold me up. You're still going to hold me to the schedule. And then if everything messes up on his end, it's my fault, my warranty. So, no. But if you have somebody that's an actual trade and he's your buddy, then... You know what? I'll, I'll entertain it. Yeah. yeah, I'll meet yeah. him. I'll talk to him. I'll I'll watch him and let him do his work. Yeah, I mean you have to nowadays because everybody knows everybody, right? It's a small community. It is. It is. That's what a lot of people don't understand that it is a really small community, right? Yeah, and and, and you know in some cases if when I have, you know, let that go and let them bring on their, their buddy. It ends up they're not a bad trade, and so you just now you just added another one to your list of good trades right but that's part of the five percent i guess eh? yeah there's a lot of percentages and you going on here percentage of couples that get along percentages of that you know yeah. that care about price percentage about your scheduling are any clients that ever wanted all three make you magically figure out a way to make all three work they definitely demand the quality they always want the quality and i guess the more educated a client is the more they'll understand you know about i did i did i had really one. i had one yeah I did. Yeah. Right at the beginning, right at the beginning of our show, actually, he was one of our first clients. Great guy. Did three, three places for him after that. If anybody can even remember. This is the fish tank guy. Yeah. It's not him. Oh, it's not him. It's not him, but he's pretty much like that. Okay. Yeah. Um, This was another guy where we, uh, where we were doing the third story in Rosedale and big, rainstorm came yeah oh, i remember i remember that one wiped out his kitchen and everything yeah, else yeah, and yeah. he would not go on camera and nor would he let his wife go on camera and um but he came in everything's hanging out pot lights hanging out of the ceiling everything else and and he just you know cameras went off and he goes okay jim what are you going to do about this i said well we'll fix it it'll be better than what it was he goes great i'm going to work <laughs> and that was the end Never said a word again. But before, when I signed the contract, he goes, look, I don't know anything about what you do. Just like you don't know anything about what I do. He says, just tell me how much and when it's going to be done. That's all I want to know. And we'll get along just fine. That was the way he was right through everything. And you're being honest with them. Versus a lot of contractors, I guess, want to tell them how much based on what they think they want to pay and then how long it's going to take based on what they want to achieve it for the client. But they don't factor in exactly. It takes longer than that. So just tell them the truth. It will take five months. It will take a year. Let them already absorb that in there. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, I mean, I've gone up against people and, and, you know, the client will go, well, look, this guy said he can do it in four months. Well, Okay. Then, then I'm then I'm not your guy. Yeah. As much as I want your job, it's gonna take six. And when I drive by here in five and a half months, and the hoarding's still up, the hoarding's still up. <laughs> then hey, 
It's an education, man. I mean, I've, I've been saying this for a long time. They have to be educated, and I'm still saying it. It's an education, and a lot of clients actually are still paying tuition. Right. That's just that's the latest one that I've heard where they're always saying that it's, they're still paying tuition, yeah. right? But we're still paying tuition. You're still learning every time that you're every dealing day. with clients, every right? Every day, for sure. If you, you're always meeting new clients and you're like going, that's a new one. I've never experienced that one, but here you go. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah, you can manage them most of the time, but that's it's a learning curve. Where do they get their expectations from? Oh, come on. You know where they get it well, from. Well, I'm asking you. Where do they get their expectations from? Like, where do they think that this is what like, it's Like, you know what? Before all this show stuff started yeah. way back when, and I, you know, I mean, I can't really say much because we were at the beginning, but they didn't have anything other than, oh, my friend did this. My friend's house took this long. But now that it's on TV, and again, we both know that, you know, they shoot. 22 minutes and you know that's a whole year's worth of work in 22 minutes and then your client actually thinks it takes it, it takes 22 minutes right people so, there, it does not take 22 minutes no but i think they're now with the internet and everything else and shows it's gotten worse it's it's gotten completely worse yeah it's it's i would just say it's almost out of control it's funny that when you were on tv it really was a new microscope on your business Right. And you really didn't get it. I, I know that you kind of just fell into it. And then all of a sudden the cameras were rolling, but you were still doing what you're doing day to day. And then they just happened to be capturing it right, day to day. Right. Yeah. And then this, this entity just became it's something else. Right. Yeah. And now it's become this authoritative figure for clients, for other tradespeople that pay attention to and going, so-and-so said, this is how it's supposed to be done. So this is how it should be done. But so-and-so is not in the actual construction life industry. So they're not experiencing what we experience. They're not going through all this kind of stuff. I got to ask you, Jim, because I don't, yeah, we've had this conversation before. What kind of show would you want to see out there? A real show, like, and not one where, you know, the client and the contractor are bashing each other back and forth. No. I mean, that's... Because that doesn't happen all the time. Yeah, and I've, you know, and I've said that years and years ago when when we were even shooting and the networks would ask, you know, come on, you got to make some drama. I said, Christ sake, man. I'm, you know, I'm in construction. There's drama every five minutes. Follow me to the potty. Right. You know, you want some <laughs> drama? And, um, but I said, why do you always have to focus on the negative? Yeah. The I mean, rubbernecking, the car crash. Right? I mean, most people are happy when it's done. Most people are happy through it. You know, there's an odd little misunderstanding here and there, but why do we have to do it that way? But that's when everything got out of control, when the network stepped in and said, okay, we have to follow this, what do you call it? Story the, arc. The story arc, and oh, we need drama here. So there's a the, point at, at this time, there's a point at this time. Right. Jim needs to have an argument with somebody. Who can Jim have an argument right, with? Right. He has to have it at 13 mark, <laughs> 43 right. mark. Jim, does, I've never seen you argue with anybody, right? So it's just like, I've never seen you raise your voice to anybody, right? So I was like, how can you ask somebody to do that? That's not their nature, right? I've had my moments. <laughs> <laughs> See, but you know what? If you do it all the time, nobody listens to you. True. And if you do it maybe once in a while, then they go, oh, shit. He's pissed. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And that's exactly how it should be, right? Yeah. Back to the clients now. Time, price, and quality, man. Don't you get 
I love it when the job is done and you get to walk through it and you see all the craftsmanship. You and and I'm sure that you do the same thing where you picture the framing. You picture all that beginning process. By yeah. the time everything was running really smooth and you already anticipated how how things were gonna unfold and the reason that we moved this here and we did that here and we prepared for this is because of how this finished room looks like now. Right. And that's a solid feeling that you're delivering what you promised them based on these drawings. You are still a builder that delivered someone else's idea yeah, yeah. on a paper or on a computer and you've made it reality now for yeah. a home, a family, a couple to enjoy. It's the greatest feeling, man. That's your objective. I mean, it's, it is. It, it's, it's awesome. And I think, you know, if, if you're a builder and you do have a good vision, it just makes it so much easier too. And it puts your, and you know, your clients, can pick up on that you, you, you can really visualize it because they're, they're feeding off of you. Right. I mean, I've had a, a few clients say that to me They go, Jim, what do you think would you do here? I go like, oh, maybe I'll do this, this. And they go, Oh yeah, I like that. We really, I don't think we need a designer. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm not the designer. You still need a designer. Because your shoulders can't take that. Exactly. Yeah. I can't drink that much wine. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll never pay me $200 an hour. That's a whole other world. It's a great world, but it's a whole other world. But they do like that. They, they like going to all... I've seen them do that to all the trades. Yeah. Tile person comes in. Plumber comes in. They're like, what do you think of this? What do you think of this? What do you think of this? These are all questions that are supposed to be answered by the designer. But yeah. where's the designer? The designer's not on site. And if they do show up on site, they're showing up with open toe, steel toe, (laughs) (laughs) which I never understood. Yeah, I never understood that. But I mean, God bless them. That's amazing that they can do that and get away with it. None of our guys ever told the designer that walked in with four inch heels on to get off the job. (laughs) None of them? It's funny, yeah? Keep her here, Jack. How are these guys running their businesses today? Are they more about the show? I find that a lot of guys are 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 they're designing their business just to get attracted to other people. Like you mentioned that last week when we were talking. And, you know what I mean? And I, yeah, but that's. Does anybody want to be a contractor anymore? Well, they want to be a cool contractor, and they want to be like you know the famous contractor. Do you not consider yourself a cool contractor? I'm sure lots of people consider you a cool contractor. I don't know if I'm cool. I'm just, you know, I like to do what I do. I like, I like what I do. So all these younger guys are all looking to be the cool contractor out there. I think it is cool to be a contractor. It is for sure. Years and years and years ago, I think we were, you know, probably looked at as bottom feeders. All right. And I blew. And and you know what? And I'll, I'll say one thing that the whole, TV thing has done actually for our industry. I mean, there's a lot of negative it's negative that it has done, but there is some positive too. It's kind of uplifted us to, you know what? It's not, a, they're not bad people being a contractor just because they swing a hammer. You know, they got to be pretty intelligent. And I mean, you look at most millionaires or if you want to call them whatever. Successful. Su- successful guy. They're, they do very well. Mm-hmm. You know, and and I would like, again, to anybody that's younger listening to us now that doesn't want to go to university, just says, Ugh, you know, but you're good with your hands. 
get in the trades, man. Yeah. Like a hundred percent. Um, you'll be making six digits in, in no time yeah. now, but, and I, and I, and I do find that a lot of the young guys want the money right away, but don't, don't want to put the time in. But the experience learn. is also worth a lot. Exactly. I mean, and you have to start down here yeah, and work your way up and yeah, it's going to take you probably, you know, four or five years, get your apprenticeship done, everything else. And then, you know, journeyman. Then I always, you know, I say to these guys, look, get a few years under your belt, get 10 years under your belt. And if you want to go on your own, then start looking to go on your own. Cause then you have enough knowledge of how a building goes up. You don't have to be great at it, but as long as you know how it works and you will be a successful, you know, contractor builder. Now, I had nothing, you know, you were talking about business. I had no business experience. No. No. I just dove into this and a lot I of went. guys in this industry don't have business experience. A lot of guys. A do. lot of guys just dive right in. Yeah. And I've said that over and over that they're great craftspeople. Yeah. They know how to do construction. They there are a whiz on the tools, but their paperwork sucks. It sucks. And they don't understand that that's just as valuable as your skill set on the site. Yeah. And I was that guy. Yeah. I was that guy when I started. And still remember my accountant saying to me, he says, okay, Jim, look, it's time now. You got to pay to play. And I go, well, what does that mean? He goes, well, you're just going to have to, you know, you can't show that you make $15,000 a year anymore <laughs> and, and stuff like that. If you, you, he used to say, you have to be an outstanding citizen. So I said, yeah, okay. So then, you know, we did, we got into, now going back, I wasn't making that much money either, right? Once I got on track and knew how to actually pay myself, take off all the source deductions and everything else, I actually did better. Once you get into that whole swing of things of doing, you know, it the right way, you've got a, a T4 You've got where you can, hey, look, I make this much, now I can get a mortgage. You know, if you show up to the bank with a shoebox full of things and say, here, you They know, will not. They won't, right? No. So This isn't Tony Montana showing up at the bank with the lion exactly, or the tiger, right? right? <laughs> so, I mean, I think if anything, if anybody getting into it now, you know, starting off. Start young, planning for that. Start planning for that. Or get yourself a really good accountant and have somebody set you up. As a small business. You have to start factoring all that stuff in. Yeah. You start make yourself more and more legit, the, the, like have the proper certifications, be totally legal, to be totally transparent. That's what you have to do. You have to. Yeah. And, you know. That, to me, makes you a cool contractor. Right. Right? Yeah. Other than just being a showboater and trying to get whatever, the flashy images or whatever out there, or trying to be at the cool places, I think if you run a really smart ship, yeah. And you got trades that want to work with you and respect with you. That's a cool contractor. For sure. For sure. And, you know, I mean, you know, dealing, I mean, it's getting tougher too, right? You got to deal with the Ministry of Labor and all that kind of stuff. So you, you may as well not be, you know, like, like me when I started out, you know, there really wasn't, there wasn't yeah, rules. Are, there wasn't any rules. It was the wild west, right? Yeah. Yeah. But now, you know, you got the workman's comp, you got, Ministry of Labor, you may as well get on board with it all now. And once you set yourself up and you're just, you know, just becomes second nature, then you're, you should be fine, right? Yeah. You know, if the, if the if Ministry of Labor shows up in your site, you got, you're prepared for you're it. You're prepared for it. They're always going to find something. 
you know, but usually you can you can talk your way out of it, and usually most of them are pretty good guys. And, yeah. You know, they do, they know you're just trying to make a living, right? But I think you know, for anybody listening out there that's going to do that, set that up. Well, have all these goals, right? So I, I've told guys before, you're in your early twenties, mid twenties, late twenties, whatever. But where do you want to go? Where do you want to take your business? Right. If you want to stay in construction and this is just not a stepping stone, which I don't think it is. A lot of guys are in this business because they want to build something. Right. They want to build a brand. They want to grow, probably have a team, maybe even have a franchise. Keep on growing it from there. Yeah. If you want to go down that path, start preparing yourself legally for that path. So you can get to a point where, you know what, one day I will hand this off to somebody else. Right. Or sell it. Or sell other. it. Sell it to somebody else. But yeah. somebody's not going to buy anything unless it's completely legit and transparent. It has to be. Yeah. The books have to be flawless if you want to turn around and then, you know, sell it at one time, right? Or have even somebody buy in. Yes. Which, you know, maybe when you get older, you may want to just kind of slow it down and then you sell half your shares to somebody and let them buy in, right? Where do clients fall off the budget rails? Uh, usually when it comes to the finishing stuff and... Their choices. Their cho- yeah, it's their choices, usually. Probably most of the time. It's nice that they're always choosing Wolf, <laughs> Sub-Zero. See, I don't, that's the part I don't get involved in. Everything here is to build your house. Whatever appliances, that's over and above. I'll tell you who I know so you can go get a deal, hopefully. That's as far as I go with Yeah, from there, it's your responsibility. Your responsibility. But then just realize that you're spending the same amount that you would purchasing a vehicle. Yep. On these appliances. Maybe more. Maybe even more. But then also they come back at you, Jim, and they come back at me. Is there any way you can reduce the price on this? Or yeah, reduce the I price? really want that. I really stuff. want that. I know. <laughs> and how do you handle it? It's like, so clients always fall off the budget reels, eh? Yeah. yeah. They just, they're just inevitable. Well, the big thing, I mean, the, the big ones are plumbing fixtures, tiles, you know, the countertops. countertops. Yeah, that's where Hardwood they, flooring. Hardwood flooring. All the big ticket the finish. finishing items. That's and then now, even in the exterior, I mean, the last few jobs we've looked at, and, you know, we've had $450,000, $500,000 just on limestone. On exterior cladding. On exterior. So I would, wow. you know, so I go and, you know, then you give them the $3 million budget for their house and they hit the roof. And I said, okay, this is just, we're just starting here. Clearly, you don't need limestone on all four walls. No. Who's going to see the two side walls that you can barely walk down the side of your house because you're that close to the neighbor? neighbor. So let's save 150000 there. And then the other side, let's save another, you know, 85000 there. And the back. Do you really want to do the back? We can do this and maybe this and still make look the, the back, you know, look really good. Now we're down to 180000 And the front of your house still looks awesome. But then now you got to landscape it. Well, now and, you got to landscape it. And hardscape it. it. Right. Now you bring the back, the budget. Right. That's where landscapers are always pissed off because they go, oh. We hate being the last guy in because there's yeah. no money. There's no money whatsoever. And they want certain stone, yeah. certain treatments, irrigation, lighting, pool, pool, pergolas, woodwork, all kinds all of stuff. Outside kitchen. Oh, yeah. That That's they'll never use because they don't even use the one inside. Because <laughs> there's those, those. And they put one in the basement, too. <laughs> What's been your best way to handle clients? Like, how do you. 
nurture the client down this whole path, man. It's a year process, if not longer, from prep. Oh, if not longer. Yeah. Now, if possible, I, I think the client should, once they get their preliminary drawings, I think they should start looking for a, a builder, contractor. And they should look for more than one. They should look, look for three. Look for three. Respectfully look for three. Right. Do not compare apples and mangoes. No. You no. know? No. Get all kinds of apples and just get the three in there, and then you'll get a fair assessment between the three. And I think, you know, you sit them down. I don't think it can be done in one meeting. No. Like, if you're spending a whack of dough, I think I would, like, you know, if I'm going to hire a guy who's going to look after my, you know, best interests, I want to really get to know him before I... And I always tell my clients, I say, look, we'll take you and show you some of our finished work if our old client will let you in. But come and see the work we're doing now. Come talk to the client while this is going on. Well, this is going on and ask them how their journey's been. Right. So that, that's what I like. If you're getting into a big, a big one, I think this is what you should do. But again, a lot of people just don't have the time or don't want to make the time. So, and I think you lose out on that. That's true. You know, but again, you know, going back to your question, I think you have to be full, fully transparent of everything. And we are, we said, there's our fee. There's what everything costs. This is what our fee's based on. You know, what we usually do is, here's our fee. We expect to take 12 months to build this place. If it goes 13 months, even 14 months, there's nothing on We don't charge anymore. So we kind of give them, you know, a little bit of the warm and fuzzies that way. Say, look, if you delay the job or the job's delayed by two months, don't worry, we're not coming back after you. But if you start adding and adding and adding and adding That's on, a different story. Then we're going to have to sit down and have a little powwow, right? I know these days, like, it's pretty typical to do a million-dollar rental. But in your earlier days, and I remember that feeling too, getting that first million-dollar project. It's a million dollars, man. It's crazy. That's insane. Like, it's a yeah. million dollars is going to be spent yeah. or filtered through you to get all this work yeah. done. And actually, you know, to build your team and put food on the table for your guys and keep that machine rolling and then build your brand and build a bigger business so you can attract other clients. How is that feeling getting that first million dollar job? Because nowadays you, you're just doing million dollar jobs now. Right. You know, you're probably thinking, I'm going to say, wow, it was like a great, but it wasn't. It was just uh, another job. It was just another job. But you have to remember, my first big job was 20 grand. And, and that shit, was, and I shit my pants. I go, Oh my God, 20 grand. How am I going to do this? I don't even know how I'm going to be able to do this. It's a lot of money. As you grow your business, you know, the 20 grand turns into 50 and the 50 again turns to hundred now. So before you even get to that million dollar job, you're already at half a million, three quarters of a million. So you're kind of, okay, I'm good. It's just more of it's more drywall, it's more lumber, it's more tile. It's all it is set yourself up in your head that it's just more material. So of course it's going to be a little more money. That's how I, that's you how know, you took it. That's in. how I took it. Right. And, yeah. you know, now, you know, we we're doing a couple jobs that are going to be, you know, three, 4 million. So it's four times that now, but again, you know, this is an eight, 9,000 square foot house with shitload of limestone with this, this, and this. 
by the time you get to that, and what I mean by that, by the time you put in your 15, 20 years and you get to that $4 million job, sure, you know what? It may come in the first five or 10. You have to be ready mentally to take that on. And I think there's a lot of, not a lot, there's probably a few guys that are cocky enough, you know, been in the business two or three years and they go jump on, oh yeah, look at it. And somehow they got the job. It ruins them. Like it, it pretty much buries them. Yeah. It's a big number, big responsibility, but you got to have a pretty amazing team behind you to do that. And you're bankrolling some of this. Yeah. You got to be ready for that. Are the clients different? If you're dealing with a client that wants to do a $100,000 rental and you're dealing with a client who wants to do a $3 million rental, are they the same? People are just people, no? No. They're not. They're not the same. They're, they're in a whole other world, right? So I find most of the time when we're up in the big numbers, the two, the three, the four million, they're going to squeeze you. Really? Yeah. And squeeze you hard. Even harder than? I always find the guy like, what do I say? Blue collar worker. Like us. Just a regular. Respects what you do. Respects what you do. The check is always in your hand before you even ask for it. That's always a nice feeling. It's a great feeling because, mm-hmm. they, you know, they, you just said it. They respect what you do. Mm-hmm. They respect what you're doing for them. And they see the work you're putting into it. You got to remember now, not everybody's like that, but when you get up to the, up to the big, the big numbers, they didn't get their money by yeah. throwing it away. Right? Exactly. <laughs> so. Right. So they want to be a certain way with right. you. Right. Even though you've negotiated, everything's all good and all dandy. Uh, I think I'll squeeze you a little bit more on this. Yeah. And that's why I found that if you do a management fee, you're pretty much guaranteed to get your fee. Right? Yes, you'll always get it. You'll always get it. As the it. job keeps on going, right. you're yeah. getting it. And if you don't want a bank roll the job, then you have the clients pay the trades. Which you shouldn't. We learned right. is the best way <laughs> to continue flourishing. Yeah. That's basically what it is. Yeah. I know that before we started recording tonight, uh, we were talking briefly about how envious we sometimes get with other trades, how... They come in, they do their job, and they leave. And then we're the GCs, and we're there at the beginning, we're there at the end. We're in the ups and downs of the emotional roller coaster. And the trades come in, they do their job, and they leave. <laughs> and how envious we are of right. them. And it's, there's and there's nothing wrong with that. No, which is great. And and you know, and I and I'll say it again that sure you can you know after you get your trade, you get your ticket and all that, and then you want to go and be a contractor and build and take on the whole thing. Maybe, you, you know, there's, maybe there's nothing wrong with what you're doing. You're making good money. Yeah. You're in and out. Huh? Like the plumbing business, right? Guy comes in roughs it in. We don't see him until finish done. Like you said, we're there for the whole 12 months. There's nothing wrong with that. No. And, and, and I'll even take it another step further. There's nothing wrong with being a tradesman and working for somebody else either. Yeah. Like if that's your thing and you don't want the responsibility, you get in at 7.30, go home at 4, make good dough, hang out with your family, do what you want on the weekends, take your regular holidays, no stress. Uh, 
There's nothing wrong with that. It's envious. Right. It's very, very envious. I just couldn't do that. I just needed to do more. More. And even now, even at this age, I still, I'm always thinking, what can I do next? What can I do next before I croak? <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. Yeah. So, but I mean, I'm sure that you've also heard of guys that have gotten out of the business. Yeah. And they've gotten out of it because I've met a few guys myself that actually have become sales reps to certain suppliers in the industry. And they've come up to me and I've spoken to them and they said, listen, I used to be a GC. I just couldn't take it anymore. Yeah. I just couldn't I hear take that it. so often. The right? uncertainty, yeah. just that whole final payment or just the roller coaster. And they, I had to get out. I had to get out. And I'm always curious because I want to speak to people that are in the industry, but I also want to speak to people on why they left the industry. Yeah, I have a buddy that, you know, just just retired and, and he, you know, he's come on a few jobs with me, you know, and he, and he just says, he goes, oh, man, he goes, I envy you how you can still do this. And he goes, you know, you, you're just calm, you just, you take it all and then you just move on. He goes, I couldn't do it. He says, I did exactly what you did before. Started a renovation company, then started building this, building that. He says, I could not take the stress of chasing money, chasing trades, getting calls at midnight. This doesn't work, this. So then he just went and he decided he was going to be a, uh, start a, a plumbing company, but that only fixes drains. That's it. Just Niche. That's it. It's just a small niche. He says, I go in, they hand me their credit card. They love me because I unplugged their toilet for them. I'm God. They give me my 250 bucks and away I go. And I move on to the next move one. Move on to the next one. He goes, it's the best thing he's ever done. Now he's, he's retired. He sold the business and he's having a great time. Done well for himself. He's done well. Yeah. You know, he'll still come out with me once in a while if I say, come on, going down the site, come see what Because he doing. misses it. He does miss it. Yeah. But he says, I just can't deal with it. Like the stress. Listening to you, you know, about, oh, this guy didn't show up or, you know, oh, these guys owe us a hundred grand or this. And he goes, oh, he says, it just can't take it. Like even hearing me say that. On another hand, he goes, it doesn't even budge you. You just shrug it off like it's, part of the day well what, what are you gonna do jim you're it gonna, is part you're, of the day yeah exactly are you gonna be volatile up and down is you that can't. you can't you'll you no. will croak at that point yeah if you were to let that yeah. all absorb into you man exactly you just freak out where's yeah. jim oh he's six feet under right now yeah. this is couldn't insane. take it anymore yeah it's done you can't do it that way you can't you have to keep a level head no for sure for sure you you yeah you you, you can't lose your mind nobody's dying we're just building that's all we're doing. Like, you know, okay, there's a, you don't like the grout color. Then we'll fix it. You we don't can have to lose it. your shit over it. No. What about the trades that don't get along? What if those trades that are not part of your team and then they're asked to come onto the job site because client requests it or something like that, but they just don't get along. They're not people, people. No, you know what I mean? Not. No. How no. do you deal with those? The, like I, I call it babysitting. Well, it's definitely babysitting, trade sitting. And trade sitting, <laughs> trade sitting. Um, they just never use him again. That's all it Let is. But you got to deal with it. him on that current job site. And what if his work keeps on 
rearing its head because it wasn't done correctly. Well, definitely then they don't come back, but more so from, you know, where they just don't get along, right? I mean, there's a certain way things go. You know, we want the heating guy, then we want the plumber, then we want the electrician, right? We have such a great team that they all know each other now. Yeah. Everybody has each other's phone numbers so they can call, you know, and there's the odd time they'll scream at each other, but they all know each other. It's done playfully. It's done very playfully. What I do like about a good trade, I can respect the trade, or I haven't even met this trade, or I understand this trade, and they're new to the team or whatever. What I do like is that if they say good morning to you. Always. As simple as that is. Everybody arrives on site. Yeah. And it just takes no effort to say good morning. Yeah. Why not just say good morning? It starts the whole day. It starts the whole day, but then everybody gets along. Good morning. Good morning. Yeah. Okay, let's start discussing this issue. Let's figure it out. Yeah. But if they actually make an effort, they're walking in. Good morning. It says so much about that individual. Totally. So my Dan, my uh, business partner, he he mentions that all the time. He says good morning every time he walks on the site, even if he's pissed. He always says good morning. Is it an angry good morning? But but he said and I and I you know and he and he said to me and he was telling the other uh, you know all the all the guys he goes look I'm trained to say good morning. He says when I was on the commercial you know doing commercial business he goes if you did not say good morning when you walked on the site he says and you know one time I did not say good morning and he says I got a hard hat right in the back of the head. And my boss said, you come on this site, you say good morning. Yeah. Because it sets the tone. It does it's for the day. Right. For the week even, if right. it's Monday. Yeah. It does. I think maybe we start doing like football and start pulling out yellow cards and red cards. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> if somebody comes on the site and they don't say good morning, they get a yellow card and that's it. Go back, backtrack back, your yeah, steps. 15 come yards. Back, exactly. <laughs> come back here and, and say good morning now. Yeah. It does. It, it says a lot. And I and I appreciate and I respect clients that say good morning. They, yeah. they spend the effort to actually say good morning to everybody. You know what I mean? Because they don't know everybody. There's lots of laborers, a yeah. lot, lot of guys that are part of certain crews that they don't know. They haven't met them yet. Yeah. They could be new guys that have come in just for the day, but they still make an effort to say good morning. Yeah. And That's that, one job we're doing right now. And you've been there. Yeah. And you've heard me whine a bit about it. And uh, But the client... Even though he's not there, he'll find out how many people are there. Yeah. And lunchtime, minimum nine pizzas will show up. Wow. All the time. Really? Yeah. That's nice and I part. had to tell, and I said, like, you got you to stop doing this because yeah. sometimes spoiling. there's only six guys here and there's nine pizzas. <laughs> So, no, but that's a nice gesture, man. And he need coffee, like he'll sets the tone, sets it all right. It this shows is. that you know, okay, he appreciates the work. It needs to be done. That's the law of attraction, man. Because it gives you a good feeling, a good right. warm fuzzy feeling. So why can't everybody get along? That's just how it is. Yeah. I've had my share of guys who just don't want to be hanging out with other people, yeah, and they're just angry at life for whatever reason. I get it, dude. I don't want to come into your life, but. If there's something that made you angry at it, doesn't mean that you have to get that onto my life. Don't bring it here. I'm not angry, and there's no reason that I should take it. I mean, there's rules. We're not allowed to, like, you don't be abusive. Right. You can't be abusive, right? 
No, you can have a disagreement. Of course. We all do. But communicate. Just get it across, right? That's all it is. Yeah. And then get on to the next. Stamp your foot three times and then we'll know what you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? Let's talk about women in construction, man. All right. How do we get more women in construction? I don't know. I don't know. We should. Definitely. It's a challenge, man. I know that I'm trying to, I'd love to hire a woman in construction one day and just get it on the crew, get her on the crew and just get her working. And and I don't know what trade should be. I know that there's some great carpenters. There's some great tile setters. Yeah. So, I mean, but uh, what else can we do? I know that there isn't much being done. On one of our sites, you know, I walked in and there was a welder going and that mask was down, lifted up and there there she was. Yeah. I said, well, good for you. That's great. Yeah. She got her ticket and everything. Yeah. I don't know how we'd get more in. How do we get more men and women? How well, do we get you need these? to get everybody. Yeah, exactly. You that's how it is, right? That's, that's, how long has, that, has that, that conversation been going on since you've been in the construction industry where we need to get more trades? No. It wasn't always like that in the 70s no. and 80s, right? No, I think, no. Like, when did it start? Probably in 2000 it started. You know, it's funny. Maybe late 90s. Because that 90s. actually connects with the tech. Yes. It com- It connects to the whole tech bubble, IT, Remember, so I, you know, I finished in the seventies, and so seventies, eighties was my time, right? I, you know, I and that was mostly blue collar. It was totally right. Yeah. So that's where way we were kind of led, like get a trade, get a trade, get a trade. So it's in grade twelve was finished. Boom, I was in the trade. You know, I was a journeyman in five in nineteen seventy eight, and you know went on in eighty one. There was a little recession. Then, you know, end of the 80s, there was another recession. But there was a lot of tradesmen. Then 90s came. Well, and the tech come, mid-80s. Yeah. To the end of 80s, early 90s. Early 90s. And everybody wanted to be Yeah. Next app. Next. That's when Facebook started showing up, all that stuff. Yeah. And they all wanted to get into that train. Yeah. But not every, like anything... Not everybody's going to be a Facebook. Not idea is going to be Instagram. Not every. There's lots of ideas that you can read about that. I actually just read. I read recently where I'm reading a marketing book that was written in 2000 that talks about Amazon. Really? How Amazon is doing things really well, and they can see them growing from there. But what I didn't realize that in the same time they're talking about Amazon, there was a dozen other book-related online purchasing sites that came up. Really? They're all gone. So not everybody's going to have that Amazon or the Facebook, the all that stuff, right? So it's just, and it's the same thing with construction. And, and back to the blue collar, lots of successful guys out of construction, like lots of successful. And they've, they've, they basically have exchanged that blue collar for literally a $400 Canali blue collar shirt. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. So it's like, you can make a lot of money in this industry. You yeah. just have to be, you really got to plan it. Well, you got to plan it, but you got to be willing to work at it too, yeah, right? Yeah, you still have to I pay mean, your dues. Yeah, you got to maybe work six days a week for the first few years to get, you know, first you got to get your brand, you know, you got to get known, and, and then you can start to go from there and then you grow your business. And, you know, you're right. I mean, these, like you said before, these guys make good. Yeah, no. they're successful. Like, there's nothing wrong with, the, you know, I don't know, you got to set a goal, right? I mean, I spoke, I remember I speaking, spoke a few years ago down at City Hall. And there's a bunch of young entrepreneurs and, you know, one of them said, he goes, so what's your goal? What did you, like, how do you focus? What's your, 
Like, what do you go after? I said, honestly? I said, I wanted a Porsche. <laughs> the guy goes, you serious? I go, totally. I said, so that's what I focused on. And the only way I could get that is I'd have to work hard. And I said, you know what? The worst thing that could happen, if I do get it, if I can't afford it, then I'd sell it. But once I reach that, then I know there's more, right? You got to, you know, as a young contractor, because you are an entrepreneur, basically. Yes, and you if are. You, if you want to, you know, build your business, there's, there's, there's all kinds of things you can look at and how you can, in, in how you run your business. But I mean, I think a lot of people get discouraged when they don't reach their goal. Because we all, you know, let's face it, we, we have these unreachable goals. Personally, I don't think we'll ever reach our goal, but don't look at it that way. There's a gain and there's a gap. The gap is on your way to getting your goal. Turn around and look out the rear view window and say, holy shit, I've gained that much from where I started. Sure, the goal's in front of me, but have a look at the gain. And that's what keeps you moving. Just watch the gain, watch the gain. As you're moving along, turn around and look. Oh, you know what? I, I did. think it's the turning around. They forget the turn Freak around. The, I did the same. And realize, wait a minute. Yeah. I've already gone this far, man. Look back. Oh, you know, two years ago, I only did $100,000 worth of work. Now I'm doing 800000 That's a huge gain. That's huge. Just turn and start heading forward. Look back again. You'll be at nine hundred. Yep. I mean, then you don't lose your dream. Right. And also embrace the failures too, because we've all know that you're going to learn far more oh, when you fail. You're going to learn really yeah. well far, like when you fail. I can tell you right now, if you do not fail, you will never succeed. You will never succeed. You that's, will not be successful. That's just a fact. It's a total fact. It, you will feel like shit. Yep. You will be scared shitless about how you are going to make this rent, this mortgage payment, this whatever it is you will figure it out. You figure it out. And before you realize it, that a year will go by and you will look back at what you were like a year ago Yep. and what has changed for the better in one year. Yep. So don't, you you got a great point, Jim, where don't ever forget about the gain. Look back. You got to look back. That's what I say. You always got to look in the rear view. Yeah. A lot of people say, oh, don't look back at the past. You learn. You learn a lot yeah. from the past. Yeah. And that's what's going to teach you for the future. Definitely. I mean, you know, I didn't have, you know, just like you said, like, be fearful. Have fear for sure. You're going to learn from that fear. Yeah. And just keep plugging away, right? You'll get there. And then once you get there, you'll know. Even though your goal's way up there, but maybe you're just going to go, you know what? I'm really happy here. It's a good spot. I'm content. Then you're successful. The road trip. And travel. don't ever measure success by money. No. You can't. I said to a few younger guys, I said, look, if I can offer you any advice, I said, don't chase the buck. If you keep doing what you're doing, the buck will come. Yeah. Be happy. Just keep following your goal. Work hard. The buck will come. If you chase the buck, I don't think you'll be successful. Because that's not a strong enough goal. No. It is to maybe some, but I don't think it's it's to most. Money fixes money problems. 
That's it. Doesn't <laughs> fix health problems. Doesn't fix anything no. else. No. no. And I'm sure that if you ask any well-to-do, successful, older person, you can't buy time back. No. You'll never be able to buy time back. So if you want to keep on wasting your time chasing the buck, you, before you know it, you're going to you're gonna look back. But the buck go, will come. Yeah. That, and that's, you know, I mean, I... Believe in it. You know, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be perfectly honest here. I mean, I've it was a millionaire, and then I wasn't, and now I'm working towards again to be to be. So I made it, and then I lost it, and now I'm still going for it again. Why not? Why not? Yeah. And I've learned a lot along the way. The biggest thing I've learned is not the money. The money didn't make me happy. But now it's still, it's coming. The happiness is coming. The hap- I've, you know what? I'm, I'm usually a pretty happy guy. And I don't let a whole lot drag me down. Because if nobody's dying or nobody's died, then what's the big deal? Let's yeah. just move on. Something got messed up. Huh. All right. We can fix it. We can fix it. Wrong material showed up. All right. Exactly. Something damaged on site. It, it can all be fixed. It can all be fixed. You be There's lots of magicians on the construction sure side. There is. Yeah. Right? So we can all figure out how to fix this problem. 100%. Then the client will be happy. The family will be happy. Well, I don't know if a client will ever be happy. <laughs> <laughs> the 95% of the clientele will be happy. happy yeah. This is what it is, man. Yeah. No, no, I agree with you, man. Totally. Totally. I, agree. Like I, it's, I think in the last few years, I've learned a lot, experienced a lot, had my losses, getting my gains now and you're right i haven't been focusing on chasing the buck and yet the buck has been coming after me yeah and i'm like this is really interesting i've been looking at things differently now and also i think i could say the same about the certain trades people i've been attracting that want to work with me now i think i've been getting a far better crop of guys right maybe that's the aura that you kind of throw out there and now guys look at you you know what i want to be around this guy I want to work with this guy. I want to see how he runs his business so he yeah, can learn. Because you know what? You're serious about what you do. You you love what you do, but you have fun doing it. Yeah. And then once you can build your team and be able to have fun while you're doing your job, even though you know sometimes it's a stressful job, but hey, that's that's your game, man. Yeah. And then the rest just follows. Yeah. Right? I know that you've built your own home. How many times have you built your own home? You've been the GC of your own property. What? That many? <laughs> I don't know. Five, six, seven, I don't know, eight, maybe ten. I haven't done it yet. I'm curious because I've always thought in the back of my head when I'm having client meetings, I'm like going, what is it really like to build your own home? You know what? You should do it. Yeah? Because you'll drive yourself nuts. Really? Yeah. Why? I know exactly. Like, now, like, I understand what the client goes through. Yeah, because different appreciation for what they went through. Exactly. Because you built your own. Right. Like I'm, what, my own, I'm my own worst client. Right really? <laughs> yeah. Because, because you expect, what yeah. do you expect? I expect everything that your client expects. Got it. Yeah. And more, probably. And probably more, because you know, it's your house, right? And you're bringing your trades guys in. Are they looking at it differently now that you're the client? No, I don't think they did. They still do the work the exact same? 
Still do it the same, yeah. Yeah? I just want it cheaper. <laughs> <laughs> Jim's going to ask for a discount. Actually, you know what? That's a good point. I would be asking for a discount, too. Yeah. It's only fair. It's only fair. I gave hey, you lots of work for I, a few years. Exactly. All right? Give me a discount. Yeah. Cut this off or something like that. Yeah. But you should. You should. Everyone, every contractor should actually, because that's a shoemaker or thing. A, or a major renovation a major renovation in a house. Like not a kitchen and a bathroom like no 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 the whole major, house do the whole thing get the whole dust going yeah that would be interesting one day one day i'd be curious because i've had people reach out to me going i'd be curious to see what you can come up with man and i was like i don't know i think i'd be like you're right i think i'd be my worst my own worst yeah. enemy well you're finished like like i'm a really i like detail i've done my places i like the detail i like a lot of detail in a house so that's where I drive myself a little crazy. Mm-hmm. But the guys, I mean, our guys have been with us so long. You know, Darren knows what I like and knows how I want it done. But that goes not just in my own personal, it goes through every job. And that's the, that's the difference between the younger carpenters or tradesmen and then the older guys. Now, some of the older guys are old crotchety and rickety and, you know, always <laughs> pissed off. I'm looking forward to being that guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's the other guys that are, you know, in their fifties, but they're, they're craftsmen yes. and, and they let you know it. Yeah. Right. And you can watch even how they, when you bring a young kid on, we got this young kid now, he's only 25 and I watch how, you know, Darren handles him. Darren's 55. So he's, he's, taught just like i was old school and you get yelled at you get smacked i mean you're not going <laughs> to smack anybody now but back in the day they did but once the kid gets it and he listens like they you can see the improvement in the kid or just over a few months they absorb it just absorb it just watch mm. anticipate the next move that's what we always had to do like you know okay he's gonna want snips next and you're standing like this, and you just read. It's just like yeah. you know, the doctors, yeah, you know, yeah, 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 doing surgery, yeah, scalpel. But I also love doing that around the other way. I love having the younger guys. Okay, you take the lead here. You take care of it. Yeah. And then they reach for something. You're already there, handing it to them. Yeah. And they're like, oh, yeah, I've been here. I've been, I've here, been man. there. I already right. know. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a little bit of a sign of respect, but I I do I respect tradespeople that are problem solvers. Yeah. Instead of problem makers, you know what I mean? Like, why not just... That's not my problem, you know, it's his problem. It's all our problem. It's all a problem. We're all a team. The house is being built by the team. Yeah. Why don't we all just work together and work, you know, work together for this goal, man? But it's hard to get that team. It is. It's hard to find them. You got to turf a few new ones. You You got personalities that you got to clash with and... You got to get it with, but I, I find, and you probably know this too. No, maybe not. Cause uh, most of my guys are a lot younger, man. I could be yeah. their dad. Right. For a lot of these guys, man. Yeah. It's not that I am. I've never met their moms. Right. It's yeah. just like, they're, they're a young crop of guys, but our, I, guy, our guys are oh, middle age. Yeah. That's what you were telling me the other time. Right. Yeah. Except for one guy, he's younger. Yeah. The new guy that just got started. Right. Yeah. And then that brings up the next point. Like what's going to happen now? Your whole crew. 10 years, that's it. Yeah. Maybe even earlier. Like, I would say the next five to 10. Is going to be a dramatic turning point. Oh, man. You're going to have to bring a new crop of guys in, and you're going to have to either filter through them. Yeah. 
Or it's, you got to start training them now. If but they 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 gotta want to do it. Yeah, they gotta love it. Right. But don't you find that a lot of these younger guys want to have their own brand, their own ship, their own. You know what I mean, right? They don't want to be um, a cog in the machine. Right. They want to be the machine. Right. Which I get it. I understand it. But not everybody's going to want that. No. No. But I also like meeting guys that probably see the potential and learning what they can from you. And then you take pride in them moving forward and then they build something. You know what? Which that's totally that's respectful. The be- right. That's yeah. the best. When, you know, I put time in or the guys have put time in with this kid and uh, you know he's gone through his apprenticeship and he ends up getting his journeyman papers it's great you know we have one guy that we did years and years ago elton and he came to us as a young carpenter and wanted to be you know wanted to be a carpenter so he stayed with us for a while and then he he uh he left because he just couldn't stand the drive and his wife was having a baby and everything else so he's out out in the Burlington Oakville area now and uh, we're still in touch and you know he says you know thanks for everything I guess you know now I I actually spoke to him about a month ago and I said did you write your ticket yet and he goes no I didn't I go dude come on it's been like three four years now. just get it done just get it done yeah you know saying it's nice to see somebody flourish right that you pretty much taught yeah and you know he's gone through you had some influence in his direction right right which is a great feeling that's great yeah Yeah, it's amazing and you know i think if i ever stop doing this that's what i you know i think i'd really like to do that it's like just mentor people and start a school start a school start something right because i don't know i think you know you know just you and i sitting here and shooting the shit for an hour and a half i mean there's a lot there's a lot more, right? We could probably sit here for days, right? <laughs> keep, but the, it, keep the wine going. Right. But I mean, you know, here, you know, if you got, you know, a couple of young guys that just want to sit in one time and just pick your brain, that would be great. Yeah. You know? That's what we should do. We should plan on trying to do some sort of like a round table. You mentioned it before. Right. And get the young, the old, the middle, you know what I mean? And get pieces like different guys from different trades. Yeah. Different segments of the industry. And let's just honestly have a no ego conversation. Right. Bring your questions. How do we make this industry better for us all? Yeah. You know, and bring lots of questions, man. Bring and lots. don't be afraid to ask yeah. any questions, man. It'll just be like an open mic, right? And yeah. No, I think that would be that would be amazing to do that. Right. So we'll work on planning on doing something yeah, like that. For sure. But I think a lot of guys, a lot of young guys want to have the opportunity to ask these questions to people that have gone through these these experiences. Yeah. So then they can get a better assessment on how to handle it because you will come across this, man. It's going to come across it. Yeah. If you're sure. in this industry for good, you're going to come across good, bad, and ugly clients. You're going to come across good, bad, and ugly trades. Yeah. You're going to get those up and downs on the job site. You're going to deal with all the safety, the MOLs. You're going to deal with WSIB. You're going to deal with all that stuff. It will come knocking at your door. So why not better prepare yourself for it? Yeah, exactly. Just be prepared. Just like we talked last week with Rob, the lawyer. I mean, we're all going to be there. I've he was there. right. I've been there a few times, but everybody's gonna, <laughs> everybody's gonna be there. You will, like he said, at least once. At least once. At least once, you should experience this, and yeah. I, a hundred percent agree with him. You yeah. should. You should not 
hide from it. You should. No. It's not going to be the most pleasant experience ever. It's going to be very costly. And it's going to educate you. 100%. And you, you will come out a better contractor. Yeah. A much better contractor, I think. Yeah, and your, and your contracts will even be that much better. Tighter. Again. Yeah. And then hopefully you don't make the same mistakes. But you know what? My, my thing is that you can sign a 50-page contract all day long, and if they don't want to pay you, they don't want to pay you. Period. It's just human nature. People are people. And I've always said this, that I sometimes rather deal with animals at sometimes because <laughs> they're more reasonable. <laughs> you know what I mean? I just like human beings are an interesting species on this All planet. Right. But yeah, if, if someone's mindset is in the way that I don't want to pay you at the end, it's just that's their mindset. That's, that's their mindset. character. That's yeah. the kind of person they are. Yeah. And maybe you didn't see it in the beginning process where you were interviewing them because I've told people over and over, as much as they're interviewing you, you should be interviewing them. Exactly. If you did, if you missed it because maybe you were hungry and all of a sudden it became your first million dollar job and you're yeah. like, oh, I'm going to take a huge opportunity. It's going to be great. But like Rob said, which was a great show, rather work for four days and get paid for instead of work for five and only get paid for four. Exactly. Well, that's what I mean. I Mine's a little different. I'd rather not work for five days i'd rather stay home and make not right because that could happen too right you could have not taken that job and you would have been in a much better, better situation yeah. i wouldn't have made any money but i wouldn't have lost any either yeah it's yeah. the loss right yeah i gotta ask you jim time price or quality which two are you choosing oh that's that's difficult to choose huh it is yeah yeah well i mean definitely quality uh, quality is going to be there for sure. For but sure. The only way I can get that is price. Is price, which means it's going to take time. Exactly. And that's only fair because you and I and any other reasonable contractor out there, construction takes time. Yep. Good construction takes time. So if it takes time, then you just got to accept that. What's the other one? Time and uh, price and quality. So you want time and price. Got to give up on the quality. Nah, I can't do that because it would drive right. me crazy. It's finished, fine. It's finished on time, fine. But all of a sudden, I'm going to be like, why is this falling apart? Why is this nicked here? Why is this? Th I, can, I can see when the sun comes in the afternoon, I can see all the bead joints. I can see right. this. It would drive me crazy. All right. And I've walked through some of those homes and I'm like, I can't believe that this home costs this much. Yeah, you got to do that stage five on them, especially <sighs> where there's natural light. I think I asked you this last time where I was like, has there been something you haven't built yet? What haven't I built? I mean, I'm starting, I'm just getting started, right? So I was just like, I would love to tackle a fully contemporary home. I'd love to tackle a fully Victorian home. I'd love to tackle all kinds of different kinds of homes, right? Net zero. I'd love to tackle. Done net zero. You've done that. Pretty zero. much everything we do now is net zero. Yeah. Yeah. Net zero ready. And that's, you know, going back, then that's where... Sometimes will be more money because that's just how we're doing. You it, have right? to do certain things. Yeah. 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 It takes it a longer. And thing. that's part of the apples and apples explaining yeah. to the client why your price is slightly higher than the other prices. Yeah. And I, you know, I, when I did, when I did, my, did my first net zero already with the Owens Corning, you know, I was kind of skeptical about this whole thing. Why is that? Uh, you know, green, this green, that it all costs so much money and everything else. And, but you know, I said, okay, well this, kind of makes sense let's let's do it so we did it and um i can tell you i was in that house for 14 months in the first 14 months 
my gas bill was only 1100 bucks for the 14 months yeah some people's with a pool. monthly gas with a pool. Bill. that's with a pool right some people's monthly bills yeah are 1400 bucks crazy that's how energy efficient this place and that yeah that's how it because originally it was it was like 3800 square feet plus 2000 in the basement so almost like 5600 it was originally designed with two furnaces so with the net zero ready we cut it down to one furnace did our zoned system with the dampers ran the trunk line up into the attic and then it's brilliant and it works really well yeah i yeah. know Go that's why on. and that's why you know rob our client he loved it he loved it and he's still going crazy about it so that's the way we do you only can really do that to a house up to about 40 42 or 4300 yeah i thought yeah, that, around four thousand square feet you start playing a different ball game yeah you're gonna have to put two in yeah two furnaces in two systems i don't know if i ever want a house with two furnaces in there I don't you know if you, do you ever want a house that big? I don't. That's what I mean. I don't need a house right. that big. That's a different world. But so you it built is. like what haven't you built yet? Like I know that a full modern. Well, no, full I modern. Say, I no, did, you've yeah, done I did, that. I just did one. Yeah. yeah. What haven't you? All built? steel house. The bone. Kind of like the bone. Yeah. Yeah, but the bone. The problem with the bone is that it's contradictory to green and building envelope. Right. Because the the thermal bridging is insane. Right. That's the one thing that they overlook, which yeah. I never understood. And I know that I've looked at the bone structure and I'm not, I mean, I'd like to speak to them one day about it, but I mean, that's how condos downtown in Toronto are built. Oh, yeah. Those structural points are going straight out to all those balconies, which is basically bridging. Right. So how are you keeping this place like building envelopes sealed? You're not. You're not. I bet you the house that I did in that zero ready is far more energy efficient than that. Of course it is. And yet. It looks like a contemporary brick limestone house on the outside. The one thing that Bone does have is that their walls and their floors are true plumb and level. They're bang on perfect. That's the beauty of steel. It is. But also talk to any tradesperson, any mechanical tradesperson. Hate it. And they can't stand it. Right. Because the electrical changes completely. Every wire has got to be. Yeah. Got to have the grommet in. Everything. Everything. Yeah. Which is a nightmare. So it's just a more time consuming source and more cost. Everything. So is it really a better way to build? I don't know. Well, what do you think of the ICF then? I do like ICF. I wanna I wanna try one one day. You've done it. Have you done I've it? Done half. Yeah. Like we've done the basement. Okay. I actually did my own house with it. I know Wilkin now. He he lives by it. Most of his homes are, are ICF. Way, He's yeah. second in first story. They're all ICF. I would like to try it one day. So here's my problem with it. They say you don't, you know, you can screw the drywall to it. Yeah, they have the strap in or the ribbon that it's you got. It's got the ribbon in it yeah. already. But when you go to do the electrical, you have to carve it all out. You're going European style. Which you get down to the concrete. Yes. Then you just defeat the purpose? You're breaking the one side, but you're not breaking the other side. What's the R value there? That's a concrete question. I don't know. So it's two inches on each side. So yeah. it should be are 10 on each side so yes. 20 yes so what i did when i did my place with that i didn't compromise it at all you built another wall i built an inch and five eighths wall that's exactly what i've been told to do yeah so you, you, you don't touch it now you still got to go through the problems of putting the grommets and everything in your 
in the steel studs. For but the you're wire. not built. You're not thermal bridging. You're not breaking the building not, envelope. No. And that's how I've been taught by certain building envelope specialists. When you build a wall, you build three walls. You build right. your exterior cladding. You build your structural insulation, and then you build your mechanical wall. Right. So your mechanical doesn't break your building envelope seal of the insulation, and then your cladding doesn't do the same on the exterior. So now, but most clients don't want to deal with a 14-inch, 16-inch, whatever thickness inch wall. Right. Some like those deep cavity windows. I actually like them too, but they don't, most don't like it. But you can do that with, with your standard concrete foundation. And now, you know, as we're doing the continuous insulation on the inside, you put it on the basement floor, two inches of yeah. rigid, then you run it up the wall, yeah. and then you seal it all. There's your there's your R10, and then you put your two-by-four wall in front of that. You're actually an R24, almost. It's funny. You probably grew up in this the same way I grew up in this in the basements, where... My dad was a bricklayer, so that automatically meant that there was a fireplace in the basement out of brick, and it was all tiled right on top of the concrete. So come winter, that basement was freezing, freezing. cold. But I, now you look back on it, and you're like, you're basically just bridging that tile right to the concrete, right to Mother right, Earth. There was nothing. <laughs> and then in the wintertime, you're freezing your ass yeah. off just by sitting in the basement because that's where the rec room was with all the kids. And then we were all going down there and freezing, man. I remember doing our rec room in our basement. And I was a kid and put up that shitty paneling. Oh, I know. And it was a block foundation. And you did it, what, strapping right just to it? Just nailed the strapping to it. <laughs> I think we had some kind of almost like a foil that we put on it. Thinking that, that would save you. Thinking that was going to be hard to really keep us really warm. Man. And oh, nowadays we're talking about, no, we got to put foam underneath the slab right. and we got to have a continuous, it's got to tie into the wall. And, and But you know what though? It actually does work, man. The basement becomes very warm. Yeah. And then it goes up the rest totally of the house. works. Yeah. There's lots of things that we can, we'll, we'll do more of these, Jim. We'll do, or just me and you just talking, rambling on as we have in the few weeks, like the past few weeks we've been doing that. Cause there's lots more questions to talk about like radon. Yeah. That's a whole other issue. Yeah. There's lots of stuff that we could talk. I know that some contractors have reached out to me. They want to get radon certified. And oh, they yeah? Want, yeah, they do. They see value in it. And I was like, you know what? I want to talk to more of you guys when you guys are doing this certification. And I never had a client ever mention it. Ever bring it up. I never. never. I mean, radon is in concrete. Radon is in granite. It's everywhere. But what I've been told is that it's it's micro. It's like it's right. so small. There's other things in your home that are far more dangerous. Right. Like the furnishings that you bought. Right. And all the VOCs coming off, off of, those of those things. things. Yeah. Right. So there's all kinds of stuff like that. But I know that you never got a chance to our new format, answer the 12 questions of construction. Oh, no, right. I don't think you ever answered them. So I'm going to ask you them, Jim. All right. You ready for these? Sure. You yeah. answered one, I think, at Rob's or was it Rob? Lawyer, Rob Klein. I, I think you, you wanted to answer. I think it was Rob, Klein, a lawyer there. Okay. So what is your favorite construction word? Finished. It's a good word. What is your least favorite construction word? Back order. Yeah. Yeah. What turns you on in construction? The sound of hammers and saws. Just work. Just work. Work. What turns you off in construction? Silence. Yes. <laughs> What's your favorite curse word? Probably everybody's the same. The go-to. Yeah, the go-to. I got it. Uh, what's your favorite vehicle? Hmm. That's an interesting question. Yeah. 
Because you're a car guy. Car guy, bike guy. Yeah. Do bikes count? Of course. Any kind then of vehicle. I, yeah, then I have to go with the bike. Which one? Oh, jeez. What is the one that, like, I trust me, man. Mine myself is Ducati 906 Peso. Right. That was the one that just hooked me, and I was like, going, that's insane. But I don't, what is yours? Yours has got to be a Harley. Well, it is Harley, yeah. So I, the old one, the old one that was on the show. Yeah. So, oh, I remember that one. Yeah. Yeah. What is your least favorite vehicle? Bus. <laughs> With the bike rack in the front? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what construction sound or noise do you love? Just the swing of an old hammer, like an old school hammer. Wood, wood handle. Wood handle. What construction sound or noise do you hate? The sound of the router that the drywallers use when they oh, hit the when rotor they, zip? When, they, when they hit the hit the like metal. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Architect. Yeah. Yeah. I could see you being an architect. Yeah. What profession would you not like to do? <sighs> Proctologist. <laughs> But, you, a, but you're a, a GC, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Welcome, JC. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Jim, man, this has been great. Thanks so much. And then don't forget, oh, where are all the credentials there? Right there. Find Jim on Instagram at Jim Carrick. And then also find Carrick Hall on Instagram at Carrick Hall Construction. And then also find Carrick Hall on the web at www.carrickhall.com. Right. We're going to do more of these, man. we got lots oh, more to good. talk. This we're going to meet. We're going to bring in some of your guys, your yeah. trades guys. We're going to talk, talk to them about being the older guys and what is going to happen five, six years from now. Yeah. We'll get we're, Dan in, my uh, yeah. business partner. We're, we're going to talk to some architects. We're going to talk to some designers. We're going to probably bring in some more clientele, yeah. get their viewpoints, get some more conversations going about the things that you guys want to talk about, but are afraid to talk about because you don't feel it's comfortable to talk about these things yeah. with these people. Right. So, but, but the guys, the listeners should be, you know, send in some requests. That, yeah. Requests that yeah. they want to hear. Well, who do we want to speak about. to? We'll yeah. try to figure out, right. Or even some questions and maybe we can answer some yeah. questions. For yeah. Them, that right? would be great. So send them out to me, send them out to Jim so you can get them when he does look at IG every <laughs> once a month, once a year, whatever it is. All right, Jim, thanks so much, man. I really appreciate it. And thank you so much for the wine. That's actually a very tasty. It's not bad, eh? That's, that's actually really nice. The bottle's done, right? Nice. Almost. Oh, well, that's been mostly on your side. <laughs> Don't give me some more of that, whatever that, what is, that 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 throat. Outlaw warmer. tea. Uh, I don't know what that was, man. Okay, I'm out of here. Right. Jim, thanks so much, man. Talk to you soon. See ya.